0: This is a very unique story in the book of Acts uh, because we see this encounter with the apostle Paul as he's being led as a prisoner uh, to Rome, but as he's a prisoner on the way to Rome, he intervenes and helps people and helps soldiers and keeps them and spares their lives, really. And it's such a unique story because we see Paul living out what he had been preaching. Love others, love one another, even love your enemies. And those who had became his enemies, he loved them and cared for them. And so we see this story play out here in Acts chapter 27. We're going to start at verse 27. And when the 14th night had come as we were drifting across the Adriatic Sea... About midnight, the sailors suspected that they were nearing land. So they took soundings and found 20 fathoms a little further, and they took soundings again and found 15 fathoms. Fearing that we might run on the rocks, they let down four anchors for the stern and prayed for day to come. But when the sailors tried to escape from the ship and had lowered the boat into the sea, on the pretext of putting out anchors for the bow, Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, Unless these men stay in the ship, you cannot be saved. Then the soldiers cut away the ropes and the boat and set it adrift. And just before daybreak, watch what Paul does. He urged all of them to take some food, saying, Today is the 14th day that you have been in suspense and remaining without food and have eaten nothing. Therefore, I urge you, To take some food, for it will help you survive, for none of you will lose a hair from your heads. And after he said this, he took bread, he gave thanks to God, and the presence of all, and he broke it and began to eat. And then all of them were encouraged and took food for themselves. We were all 276 persons in the ship. And after they had satisfied their hunger, they lightened the ship by throwing the wheat into the sea. This is one of those stories that you read and you see there's 276 people on this boat. And this story would have been a lot different if Paul was not on that boat. The story would have been 276 sailors or people perished at sea. But because Paul had direction from the Lord and had a word from the Lord, and was feeding on the life that comes from God's presence. He led these people to be spared their own lives and was able to intervene on their behalf and watch out for them and care for them. I think that they would all agree that on that day of very long day of being at sea and the wind was blowing and the rocks were coming closer and closer and the storm was raging, they could all agree that on that day they were in the right company. Don't you agree? They were in the right company. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning is in the right company, in the right company. 1 Corinthians 15 chapter 33 says this, a phrase that Paul uses out, a phrase that really is a, a form of rhetoric to try to get their attention. And he says this, bad company ruins good morals. Bad company ruins good morals. Some translations say bad company corrupts good morals or good character. And nonetheless, we see here that if you go and read 1 Corinthians 15, this is actually almost like where, where did this come from? This is like out of left field in this this passage that Paul is talking about in 1 Corinthians 15 because really what Paul is doing in 1 Corinthians 15 is he's defending the resurrection of Jesus. There were people that were going along and sowing seeds that said the resurrection didn't really happen. Don't believe that. Jesus, he died. He never rose again. All you're believing is fake. It's a rumor. It's And all these things that were being sowed. And so Paul tells them this word, right? here. Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. And this word is actually a very interesting word here that helps us understand what Paul is getting at and what it means to be in the right company. You know, today in our, in our world, we tend to use the word company to refer to a business. But in a biblical sense, company means those who are gathered around you and those who are in your presence before you. And this word in in Greek is one of those words that it's a good word to understand what it means at another level in the original context. And this word doesn't mean just bad friendship ruins good morals. It doesn't just mean bad people ruin good morals. It means a state of close association where there is a social exchange. In other words, Paul is saying, who you give an ear to, Can either build up good morals or can tear down good morals. And so what Paul is saying in this passage specifically in 1 Corinthians 15 is that you are in the company of people that you have given an ear to, that you're listening to, that are speaking into your life, that are guiding you in a way that is corrupting you. That is not only corrupting you, but is stealing from you. It is taking away from you. It is deceiving you, what Paul says. They are teaching you to not believe in the resurrection of Jesus. It is corrupting you. And Paul is trying to admonish them to get in the presence of people who will do just the opposite. If you go and read 1 Corinthians, you see this, this outline. 1 Corinthians 12 talks about the body of Christ. And 1 Corinthians 13 talks about the, the gift of love. And 1 Corinthians 14 talks about the gifts of the Spirit. And we see that what Paul is trying to do is to encourage the church of Corinth to put outside those voices that are influencing you And put inside the people in your company that are going to edify you. That are going to build you up. That are going to lead you to Jesus. That are going to speak life to you. That are going to demonstrate the principle of love as in 1 Corinthians 13. It is the company that we need. It's the company that the sailors needed in Acts chapter 27. If Paul had not been there all of those people would have perished and it truly would have been true a literal statement that bad company corrupts good morals because all of those people would have perished but because paul was there and he had an ear to hear the spirit and he was giving a place to jesus to speak into his life that gave him the place to speak into other people's life and build them up and edify them and not just edify them but save their lives There's a lot of confusion today in the church, especially about how do we know the way that I am in the right company? We look at it this way because we often see Jesus sitting at a table with people that are sinners. They're people who the people ridiculed and mocked him because he was sitting at the table with sinners. But yet Jesus wasn't influenced by them. Jesus was influencing them. So how do you balance what it means to be in the right company? And so a few things I want to leave you with that the Bible shows us about the right company that we keep. Uh, And this isn't a, a point that we're going to talk about, but for the purpose of the conversation that we're going to have today, the company that believers are intended to keep is the church. It's the believers. It's other believers. If a believer is in Jesus Christ... And they are alongside of you. And we are running this race together. And they are pursuing Jesus and you are pursuing Jesus. That relationship is going to edify one another. My brother is going to come alongside that's a believer in the Lord Jesus. And he's going to edify me and encourage me. And help me run the race and not cause me to stumble or trip up. And so we see a few things here today. And this is what I like to call three questions to ask about the company we keep. Three questions to ask about the company we keep and what we can learn from Paul here in Acts 27. The first one is simple. Is my company leading me to Jesus? Is my company leading me to Jesus? When Paul was speaking there, he urged them, the Bible says. And actually, when you go in and read that story, they did not listen to him. They did not respond to what he said. But nonetheless, he urged them. But after they began to realize, oh, wait a minute, this this guy who's been crazy and saying he's been hearing from the Lord and all this. Actually, he's right. We need to listen to what he's saying. He urged them. Then the Bible goes on to say that he urged them to take some food and to drink some water and to take some bread. And they began to give thanks to God and broke them. And then the Bible says in Acts 27 and verse 36 that all of them were encouraged. All of them were encouraged. The thing that you're going to discover is if our company is leading us to Jesus, what is going to come from it is a spiritual encouragement. What is going to happen to our soul is not a sense of like, oh, my goodness, I just feel like they just took me away from Jesus. What is going to happen when we're in the company of somebody who is leading us to Jesus is going to be spiritual encouragement. And this is the tr- This is what happened throughout the Bible. We see this, that Paul spoke in a way, Ephesians says this, he spoke the truth in love. And of people that can tell us, that the way that we can tell if we're in a company that's leading us to Jesus is people who will tell us what we need to hear, not what we want to hear. People who will build us up in the faith. People who will speak the truth. Because the truth is truth. As we said a week ago. It's not what we, you and I think is the truth. Jesus is the measure of truth. And so that is where freedom is. Second Corinthians chapter 7 shows us this, story, this example where Paul is writing to the church. And this is once again to the church at Corinth. And if you read the first letter to Corinth, Paul spoke kind of frankly with them and kind of harshly in a way. But it was all nonetheless truth. But then the Bible shows us here this wonderful thing that happened in Corinth. In 2 Corinthians chapter 7, he says, uh, verse 8, Although I grieved you with my letter. The truth hurts sometimes. Paul realized that. Although I grieved you with my letter, I do not regret it, Paul says. Because although I did regret it, For I see that the letter caused you grief, though only briefly. Now I rejoice, not because you were grieved, but because your grief led to repentance. For you felt a godly grief, so that you were not harmed in any way by us. For godly grief, watch this, produces a repentance that leads to salvation and brings no regret, but worldly grief produces death. What Paul is saying here is, listen, at first I felt bad about telling you the truth, but then I realized what the truth was what you needed. And because I love you, I don't regret it. As a matter of fact, I'm glad. I rejoice because what has happened is that grief has gone on to produce repentance that has brought you to salvation. It's a statement of fact, really, that if someone is in danger, and you and I are truly human and truly care about that person. What we will do is all in our power to keep them from going into danger. We will try to stop them. If we see that they are in a car accident and that car is about to burst into flames, we go running. We don't stop because we know if I don't intervene now, they will, be, they will perish. And this is the way that truth works is you and I, we have to be truthful with one another. We know that we're in the company that's leading people to Jesus. And we know that I'm in the company, in the right company, when people are willing to just speak truth to me. Don't tell me what I want to hear. There's a lot of things I would want to hear, but it's not what I need to hear. And more importantly than what I want to hear is what my soul needs to hear so that I might have life. (laughs) Grief leads to repentance. And what Paul is saying, and maybe a better word for us to understand that, is conviction leads to repentance. I've discovered that the best company I'm around is the people who are running after Jesus so much that I feel convicted when I'm around them. Because I'm not running as fast as them after Jesus. And I feel like, oh boy, after talking to that person, I need to go pray and seek the Lord because they inspire me. They encourage me. Listen, it's not condemnation. That's not a friend. A friend doesn't condemn another. A friend speaks the truth in love. And that's what Paul was doing because he loved them, because he cared for them. He was willing to speak the truth in love. And that's exactly what he did. James chapter 5 says it this way as well. Verse 19, my brothers and sisters, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and is brought back by another, you should know that whoever brings back a sinner from wandering will save the sinner's soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. This is a spiritual representation of exactly what Paul did in Acts 27. That he had a word from the Lord. He had direction from the Lord. Paul could have said, I'm going to sit on this. I'm not going to say a word. Let everybody else jump off the boat. I'm a prisoner here. I'm going to make it on my own. But listen, that's how you know when you're, when you're in good company is they don't think about themselves all the time. They think about Jesus. And they think about the loving others. And that's exactly what Paul did, is he began to speak the truth. He saw that they were departing and wandering in a path that was not intended for them. And so what he did was exactly what James said. He brought them back by another. Then whoever brings back a sinner from wandering will save the sinner's soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. I can only imagine what that conversation would be like in heaven. What a conversation. Is my company leading me to Jesus? Is my company leading me to Jesus? Is the people that I give place to speak into my ear? Remember, bad company corrupts good morals. Is the company that I'm allowing to have a voice into my ear leading me to Jesus? Or are they leading me away from Jesus? Secondly, a question to ask about the company we keep is... Am I leading my company to Jesus? Am I leading the company that is surrounding me to Jesus? 1 Corinthians 14 shows us. Paul speaking to the church, and he's talking about God-given gifts. Some were given wonderful, amazing gifts that seemed to astound all. Gifts of prophecy, gifts of tongues, gifts of healing, miracles, signs, and wonders before them. But notice, none of those gifts were for own personal edification. All of those gifts were given. Why? The Bible says, so that the church might be edified. The way that you know that you're in the right company is if the gift that God is giving you is being used to edify another. Amen. Or is the company that I'm keeping, am I neglecting the gift of God in me and there's no edification happening? Because when the believers come together, when we gather on Sundays, when we gather in prayer meetings, when we gather for small groups, whenever we gather, the primary work of the spirit that is supposed to be happening is spiritual edification. There is an encouragement to one another. Now listen, that might not mean as much today in our world, but when you were facing the Roman emperors, Nero, And the the persecution that was happening, you depended on the encouragement and edification that would come from those gatherings. And I encourage us that we might seek that same gifting once again in our midst. That there is an edification that would happen. That nobody leaves here discouraged. That nobody leaves here thinking, I'm about to give up and quit. Because nobody encouraged me in the faith. No, I am leading my company to Jesus by using my God-given gifts to edify another. If I'm going to lead my company to Jesus, the people that I'm giving ear to speak into my life, then that must mean that I am living the principle of Galatians 2.20. Not I, but Christ. The life that I live, by, I live by faith in the Son of God who died and gave himself for me. It is a person who realizes it is not about me. It is about getting to Jesus. And if I can do whatever in my power to help somebody get to Jesus, then by God's grace we must do it. If God has given me some gifting or some talent or some ability to help people get to Jesus, who am I to neglect that gift and waste it so that people don't get to Jesus? I have to do all that I can while it is day to help people get to Jesus all that I can, whatever the cost. The Bible says we must take up the cross. It is a cost, but it is a cost that is well spent for all of eternity. It is not measured by earthly reward. It is measured by heavenly treasures, and we must work while it is day, for night is coming when no man can work. Am I leading the company of people around me to Jesus? Am I leading my company to have conversations, to speak in such a way that are causing them to think differently about Jesus that is not a good way? Or is the way that I'm speaking helping helping the company of people around me to look at Jesus in a better light? Look, there are enough misinterpretations about Jesus out there in the world. And the world does not need to see us filtering it any worse. What the world needs to see is the pure, wonderful love of Jesus who died and gave himself for it. The type of love that Jesus Jesus encouraged us in Matthew chapter 5 that says when they want to come to you and they say eye for eye, tooth for tooth. When they say come to you, we're demanding you go go a mile with us, you go two miles. When they say I'm suing you for your coat, you say I'm not going to retaliate. Matter of fact, you can have everything. It's that type of love that the world needs to see. May us and the way that we live our lives never be the reason for anybody to think less of Jesus. May it only be such a way that causes people to think wonderfully about Jesus. Am I leading the company of people around me to Jesus? Thirdly is this, and it's really a simple question, but it's a question that I think we forget to ask. And it's a question that Paul had to ask as he was on that boat. And there he was. The sea was going here and there. The winds were tossing and waving. And what did Paul do? He went to a familiar place, the place of prayer. He sought the Lord. And the question that I believe he began to discern and understand is the question that you and I have to discern about the company we keep. Is Jesus even in my company at all? The truth is this, is that on that boat, Paul shaped those people's lives by speaking the truth. Paul's voice was an influential voice. Paul's voice was a necessary voice. What would have happened if Paul wasn't there? Paul shaped their lives. And the people we permit in our lives will shape our lives. The people that we give an ear to speak into our us. They will shape what's happening. From the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And the eye is the window to the soul. So is the ear. It's coming in. It's going to the soul. It's going to the place where seeds are sown. If faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, what also comes by hearing what is not the word of God? What are we allowing to speak into us? What are we allowing to influence the decision maker of our heart? The Holy Spirit. Is Jesus in my company? The wonderful thing is that the Bible teaches us and promises us in in Matthew that when there is reconciliation that needs to be made and people come together in the name of Jesus, Jesus promises where two or three are gathered in my name, he promises to be right in the middle of that. And it's the principle of unity that comes from the spirit where the believers come together in the name of Jesus there the bond of the spirit is met there the family is brought together there the brotherhood the sisterhood of the church is united in love it is what was happening in acts chapter 2 2 3 many began to gather in the name of Jesus and the next thing that happened was nothing but blessing from the lord and the principle is always true where people gather in the name of Jesus the blessing of the lord always comes after where people People say, we want Jesus more than anything. We desire Jesus first and foremost in our lives. The principle is always true. It is through all out the New Testament. Jesus' blessing is thence going to come. And it is the truth for us together today that when we get in the company of people who love Jesus with all of their heart, who seek Jesus with everything that is in them, who encourage us as we're running the race and we get tired and they say, come on, you can do this. You've got this. I'm going to come alongside of you and edify you. Nothing Nothing but blessing comes therefore afterwards. And this is exactly what happened there in Acts 27. There they were on a boat, all hope. was lost, the Bible says, but Paul spoke up from the Lord and began to encourage them and show them Jesus is in our company. And isn't that a wonderful friend? Isn't that a good friend? Isn't that a good company that can speak into us and say, you know what? Jesus is right here in the midst of this. The wonderful thing about company that's in Jesus' name is that conversations, the way that the, the, the talk goes, always somehow comes back to pointing to Jesus. And that's what we need. Listen, there's enough junk out in the world. There's enough stuff we have to listen to every day. I don't need that to influence my soul. I need conversations that are going to come in company that is going to lead me to Jesus. Is Jesus in my company? Is, is he right here in the middle of what I'm the people that I've allowed to speak into my life? It's what's needed. It's truth spoken in love. It's edification that happens. It is exactly what is needed. As a matter of fact, the story goes on in Acts 27. As the musicians come, this interesting exchange happens as they begin to go in Acts 28. The Bible says that the people got off the boat. And they got on this island of people that they had never met before. Local people on the island of Malta. And they began to ask questions about all the people that were gathered there on the boat. But, they, but the Bible says that they discovered, uh, this uses this word, you can go read it. Unusual kindness. Unusual kindness. And then the Bible says that a snake, they were sitting at the fire, uh, crawled up on Paul. And they thought, boy, this guy has a death sentence on his life. He they, they must have it out for him. Because the snake is now bitten him, and he's going to die. Basically, they said, justice will have its way. But then the Bible says they saw Paul shake that snake off and throw it into the fire. The Bible says they waited for some time, and nothing happened. And they thought he was a god because of that. And it was just, once again, a sign that when you're in the right company, things, life... The people, the way conversations happen, the way that the exchanges happen, always point back to Jesus. People will never have to wonder, is Jesus in this? No, because when Jesus is somewhere, somewhere, you know he's there. The Bible says when Jesus was walking through the streets of Jerusalem, that they could not keep his presence quiet. Everywhere he went, they knew where he was at. They knew exactly where to find him. It was after Jesus. It was all about Jesus. And you and I today, oh, we're running races. Each of us are running the races in life. You're running. I'm running. And we need company that's going to help us run, right? You don't need somebody who's going to throw a stick in front of you and trip you up. Let's not know. We need encouragement. We need edification. We need people who are going to say, it's okay, my friend. I know you're going through something that's difficult right now, but God's with you. He's going to help you through this. That's the company we need. The company that's going to speak the truth to us and say to us, Hey, Charlie, listen, I've noticed this. And can I just be frank with you for a moment? I'm concerned. Is this going to build you up or is this going to tear you down? That's the company we need. Am I in the right company? Is my company leading me to Jesus? Am I leading my company to Jesus? Is Jesus in my company? Will you stand with me this morning? Can we just take a moment and every eye closed? Can we just survey our lives for a moment? Jesus, we need you today. Oh, there's wonderful people in this room, Lord. Fearfully and wonderfully made, Lord. God, would you help us today? Help us to lead people to Jesus. Lord, if there's ear being given to something that's speaking into our lives, company that's leading us away from Jesus. Lord, help us, help us to be mindful of that. Father, we need the truth. We need the truth, the type of truth that James talks about that would help bring a sinner back. Oh, Lord, we need that today. Lord, help us to have godly grief that leads to repentance, Lord. Lord, help us when we speak truth to one another. God, that there is a sense of gratitude. Thank you. Thank you for caring enough about me that you spoke the truth. Lord, we need you this morning. Help us today, Lord, to be in the right company, the body of Christ, the believers of Jesus, gifted by the Holy Spirit to encourage one another. Lord, that's the right company. Help us today, Lord. Help us, Father. Lord, we know we're not called to be hermits, just closed up in here. We're going to go out and work with people who are unbelievers, who are not near to you, Lord. We know that. But Lord, help us to lead them to Jesus, not the other way around. Lord, help us to guide them faithfully. May the light that is in these treasures, uh, these jars of clay, may it shine brightly, Lord. Oh, Jesus, help us today help us this morning we need you Jesus we need you Lord each of us today Lord today I pray a special prayer today that you would gift the church today with heavenly gifts that might edify one another Lord Lord gifts that would bring life Lord gifts that would speak the truth in love Lord gifts today that come not from us Lord but come from a people that are yielded to the Holy Spirit Let's say, Lord, edify my brother and sister today. Lord, whatever it takes, Lord, help them to keep running the race. Lord, don't let them give up, Lord. Encourage them. Strengthen them. Jesus, we need you today, Lord. We bless you, Jesus. We bless your name. As the choir comes, can we do something the Bible teaches us to practice? And that's to pray for one another. Another way you can tell you're in good company is when they pray for you. So as the choir comes can we just take a moment would you pray for the person to your right to your left just begin to pray edification over their life just pray God would build them up in the most holy faith Lord today I thank you for my brothers and sisters today I thank you Lord how they are serving you faithfully loving you giving themselves to you today Lord and father today I just pray spiritual edification Lord God, I don't know what they need, but you know what they need, Lord. You know exactly what would help them to keep running the race that you've called them to run. Lord, give them grace to run after you, Lord. Father, help us to not do anything that would cause another to stumble, Lord. But help us to do all that we can to build them up, Lord, to edify them, to encourage them. Lord, today I pray for the gifting of spiritual edification in this church, Lord. Give us all the gifting to edify one another, Lord. For my brother or sister that's going through a difficult time, Lord, I pray, God, that you'll build them up, Lord. Encourage them. Give them grace to run after you, Lord. Don't let them stumble, Lord. Don't let them falter, Lord. Let them run the race with perseverance, Lord. Let them keep chasing after you, Lord. Give them the grace to keep going, Lord, today. Father, we pray you... That you would just continue to encourage my brother my sister lord may the holy spirit fill them bless them renew them and help them to keep going jesus lord we thank you today we welcome you holy spirit we welcome you jesus we welcome you jesus we just make ourselves available to the Lord Father today on behalf of my brother and sister God I make myself available I want to encourage them Lord give me the gifting to encourage one another Lord strengthen us today Jesus come Holy Spirit come Jesus come Lord Jesus come Jesus we need you today We must decrease, but He must increase. Increase among us, Jesus. Less of us and more of you, Lord. Oh, Father, we thank you today, Lord. God, help us, help our conversations to point to Jesus, Lord. Lord, let there be no unkind word, no gossip, no rumoring among us, Lord. But let there be talk of encouragement, talk of building up the one another, Lord. That would come from us, Lord. Help us to use our tongue, Lord, to edify the believers. We pray. Come, Holy Spirit. Jesus, equip us today, Lord. Bless my brother. Bless my sister, Lord. Oh God, I thank you today, Jesus, for them. I give thanks to you for them. Thank you for how they encourage me, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of encouragement that you've given them to bless me, Lord. Thank you today, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, today. Oh, God, we thank you, Jesus. We worship you today. We bless you. You need prayer this morning. Feel free to come. We'd love to pray for you. The rest of us, let's sing this song.